Hey, what's going on, black people? What's going on? I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and welcome to drboycetv.com, the home for intelligent black people. And uh, also, just a reminder, don't forget, this podcast is also on Spotify. So if you go to Spotify and just look up the name Boyce Watkins or search for the Dr. Boyce Breakdown, you will find it on Spotify. How you doing, everybody? As you come into the chat, please uh, put your name, uh, uh, your, uh, the name of your city, all that stuff. I will shout you out if I see you. Uh, and so uh, today I wanted to talk a little bit about something that I just read in terms of social media anxiety. Uh, I read in a um, that there are new reports coming out, and this is now becoming much more definitive than it was before, uh, that social media creates a lot of psychological problems for young people, so especially for young people. Uh, social media drives people crazy. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and go on a wing and say that this isn't just for young people. I think social media drives old people crazy, too. Uh, give me a yes in the chat if you think, hey, Yashika, how are you doing, sister? Uh, give me a yes in the chat if you agree with me that social media doesn't just affect young people. Social media affects old heads, too, uh, over the age of 40, over the age of 50. Uh, give me a yes in the chat if you think that's true. Mason T. from Baltimore and Alistar, Al All-Star Fennell, I see you. And Kimberly Logan, good morning to you from Delaware also. Uh, B1 Detroit says gaming dad. Yeah, I, I think social media isn't just something that affects kids. I think social media affects adults. Uh, social media is something where they're just now learning. The research is just now sort of becoming solidified that a lot of the social media stuff is just not healthy. That is, it's it's a problem. It's affecting people. It's causing people to uh, say, you know, and do irrational things. Uh, it's causing people to uh, keep up with the Joneses, even if you, even if the Joneses are faking. And uh, and, and so I, I brought this up because I wanted you guys to really uh, kind of know about this research and really think about how you can self-regulate so that you don't allow social media to make you into a person that you're not supposed to be. Uh, you know, I, I don't know about y'all, but how many of y'all, for example, how many of y'all think it's like weird when you see like 55-year-old people doing like dances on TikTok, like some 55-year-old lawyer that's dancing on the internet just to get attention. Like, I'm not saying that dancing is a bad thing. If you like to dance, then that's cool. But some people, you know, clearly are not dancers. They're clearly not entertainers. But social media makes you feel like in order to uh, get any form of uh, attention, to get any followers, to get any likes or shares, you have to get up there and just make a complete ass of yourself. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I feel bad uh, about it because a lot of people just sort of get sucked into it. And social media is kind of this weird place where uh, the people who get a lot of the followers are uh, maybe they're comedians who make people laugh, or maybe they are uh, rappers, you know, who are really famous from music that they made, or maybe it's the ladies who are showing body parts that shouldn't be exposed to anybody other than your man. Uh, and, uh, and it makes people feel bad, I think, because you have a lot of people. I know professionals that are really good at what they do. I know great lawyers, great doctors, great therapists, et cetera who put up the best content ever. They educate the public at a very, very high level. They, they give stuff that's really going to make your life better, but nobody's listening. And if you're in that category, I feel bad for you. Um, you know, I do my best to try to share and expose some of that, but that's just what it is, right? So um, anyway, let me uh, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. <clears throat> I'm going to uh, pull up uh, some, um, some studies that I've seen or some media 
that that that's been brought to my attention that kind of talks about this issue. Uh, and as I do that, uh, could you please hit the uh, thumbs up, share, subscribe button? You're watching drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. And uh, if you go to my website, boycewatkins.com, I have a training on how to make money without working. So feel free uh, to go take a look at that. <clears throat> also, as we get ready for the All Black National Convention, which is going to be in October. So we're getting a head start in preparing. We're going to be in Atlanta at the Marriott Marquis Hotel. You can go to boycewalkins.com if you'd like to learn more about it. I put everything right there on my website to make it easy. All right, so here's one study right here. And I want, I want you to take a look at that. Let me know. Give me a yes if you can see it on your screen. Uh, it is a study from uh, the, uh, an article from NBC. And NBC is basically saying that social media is driving team mental health, is driving a team mental health crisis. According to the Surgeon General, they said the advisory calls attention to growing concerns about the links between social media use depression and anxiety in children and adolescents. Uh, so it says Surgeon General uh, Vivek Murthy, a long proponent of mental health awareness, has issued a warning that social media use is a main contributor to depression, anxiety, and other problems in the nation's teenagers. The report released Tuesday calls attention to growing concerns about the effects of social media use on children and adolescents' mental health. The advisory urges policymakers and the companies that make the social media platforms to share with parents the burden of managing children and adolescents' social media use. Murthy calls youth mental health, quote, the defining public health issue of our time. So he's literally saying that mental health amongst young people is literally the defining uh, problem. Like that's the thing that we have to worry about right now. That's like the biggest issue or one of the biggest issues that we're dealing with. They said up to 95% of teens between 13 and 17 say they use social media. About a third say that they're scrolling, posting, and otherwise engaged almost constantly. So one third of all of our teenagers are just scrolling through social media constantly. <clears throat> Quote, at this point, we do not have enough evidence to say with confidence that social media is sufficiently safe for our kids. Uh, Murthy said the report pu report pulls together research that links social media use and poor mental health in adolescents, such as a 2019 study that found that teens who spend more than three hours a day on social media face double, double the risk of experiencing poor mental health outcomes, including symptoms of depression and anxiety. As of last year, students in grades eight through 10 who were surveyed said they spent even more time each day on these platforms, three hours on average, uh, three, 30, three hours and 30 minutes on average. Jim Steyer, founder of Common Sense Media, an organization that advocates for laws and policies to make media more child-friendly, says the advisory was absolutely spot on and should be a clarion call to every parent in the country, every policymaker, that we need to put focus and resources into this effort. Now, um, I'm, I'm about to get real with y'all. I'm about to just, you know, I'm about to pull a Dr. Boyce. This is the type of talk that just makes people mad. Um, I hope that's okay. I hope I can say these things and, and have you at least hear my perspective on this. <clears throat> All right, so here's my point of view. Does anybody know uh, the name of the person that I'm about to put on screen? Give me a yes if this face, I want you to say his name in the chat when you see this, his name, his, his face. Who's that guy with his uh, beautiful Asian wife? She's not as pretty as black women are, but, you know, you, they do the best they can. Who, who is that guy? All right, and uh, what is the name of his platform? All right, his name is Mark Zuckerberg, and those of you listening on Spotify will not be able to see the picture, but I'm looking at a picture of Mark Zuckerberg. And uh, Mark Zuckerberg runs a platform called Meta, a.k.a. Facebook. Now, let me show you. Um, I am in a, a stockholder in Meta. I own Meta stock, okay? And uh, let me just tell you, uh, both white Jesus, black Jesus, and baby Jesus all blessed me 
with my ownership in MetaStock. And I'm, I'm going to show you why my ownership in MetaStock and the patience uh, required to, to sort of sit with the company through the dark period has made my wife give me extra kisses because she now is convinced that her, her husband is a baller that knows how to make money. I have owned MetaStock <clears throat> for a while. And if you look year to date, MetaStock has gone up right here. You can see it on the screen. 110%. It has gone up 110%. And uh, now if you look over the last year, it's only 34%. You can see here there's a dip in the stock price. You look back on the five-year period, it was flying high. It isn't as high as it once was. It's It was as high as 376 in 2021. It dipped to as low as $99 a share. Now it's up to 262 and it's climbing. Now, why did I pull up Meta stock price while I'm talking about children getting anxiety on social media? Why, why, do, you think, why do you think I made that connection? Because everything goes back to economics. You live in a capitalist society. Everything goes back to economics. In fact, why am I such a being such a prick this morning that as we're talking about social media and anxiety amongst young people, I'm literally showing a screenshot of Mark Zuckerberg's net worth. You can see it on the screen. It's $89.9 billion. So this man probably makes somewhere around 5 to $10 million a day. Why am I bringing this up? <clears throat> Well, the reason I'm bringing this up is because in America, the money's the motive. In America, capitalism kind of drives everything. If you ever want to understand weird things that happen in this country, all you got to do is follow the money. If you follow the money, then you'll find the answer nine times out of ten. And that's why I love being an expert on money because I personally think it allows me the, the extraordinary ability to understand a lot of things about life that, that other people are still confused by. So here's my point. I'm going to stop playing around. I'm going to make my point now. Um, this is not going to be regulated by the politicians. The politicians are not going to protect your kids. Our politicians are stupid, <clears throat> but they're not just stupid. They might actually be smart, but not smart in an ethical way. Politicians are owned by the corporations. Corporations are the ones that decide which politicians are going to be elected. And I can tell you right now that no elected politician is going to be able to accurately and adequately regulate social media because there's too much money being made by getting you addicted to their products. Give me a yes if you understand what I'm saying. Give me a yes if you're following the logic here. See, there's something called uh, in economics. I'm going to give you a quick economic lesson. You guys know my PhDs in finance, so let me go ahead and break down an economic lesson. Lesson. Uh, there's something called price elasticity. Price elasticity. OK, and and basically uh, elasticity kind of determines, you know, if I change if, if I change the price of a product, uh, how how much more or less are people willing to buy that product? Elasticity says, you know, hey, look, um, if, if this price goes up by 10 percent, are people still going to try to use it or are they going to switch to another product or whatever? Right. And here's the thing. There are some products where if you change the price a little bit, people are going to walk away, right? You know, maybe what they call commodities or whatever. But then there's some products that people will always want. There are some products where no matter how much you increase the price, they're gonna people are going to come get it. It might be something like, I don't know, makeup. Like women will always want to get their makeup. Even during a recession, people will buy makeup or liquor. Liquor, people are going to always drink, even if you put a tax on liquor, even when you put a tax on cigarettes. Uh, you know, people will always buy certain things. So, so here's the way I'm getting at products that are addictive 
are the most profitable products in the universe. So the, the, the originators of social media, the people that started this whole thing, the Zuckerbergs and the other Bergs, because, you know, it's always a Berg or a Stein behind everything. I'm not being anti-nothing. I'm just telling you all the truth. They're, they're just smart with economics. Black people, we, we're going to be smarter. Just give us about give us about 30 years. We, we're going to get we're going to catch up. But the the, the, the the people that run social media, their number one goal in, in the invention of social media was how do we make people addicted to our product? How do we turn social media into digital crack? Do you understand what I'm saying? So they they so so they what they did was they went and they studied all the psychological literature. My wife is an expert on addiction, by the way. She see, I, I just you know I love bragging about my beautiful wife. It's, I'm honored to be married to a smart black woman. Uh, you got to be like you know, you got to be like like you got we got to shout out black women that are killing it. I'm so I'm sorry. Like my wife, there she is. She's I just look at her pretty face and that's that's my addiction. That's my dopamine injection for today. So so she's a therapist and she's an expert on the subconscious mind. And it's funny because she literally just called me. That ring that you just heard was my wife calling me this morning, probably to like like say good morning to me. And I just love that. And so I'm gonna text her and tell her we're talking about you online right now. Um, but anyway. Um, hold on. Let me text her. She's going to, she's going to trip out about this. All right. So I promise I'm gonna get to the point. All right. So here we go. So, so she's an expert on addiction. And the thing about it is that social media is designed to make you an addict. Uh, it's designed. Does anybody notice how some of you may feel withdrawal when you aren't on social media? Uh, or maybe you start scrolling and time just kind of flies by because you just keep on wanting to look at the next post. Well, they studied little things like how to randomize the content so that you'll <clears throat> keep scrolling because you never know if that next post is the one that's going to give you that dopamine hit. Uh, that if you don't know if that next post is the one that's going to make you happy or make you sad or make you smile or whatever. And, <clears throat> and so people, it's designed to be addictive. So effectively, what I'm saying to you is that you now have digital dope dealers that are running the economy and they're not going to change anything. And the thing about drugs or any for anything that's addictive, it's 10 times worse when you introduce it to a child because a child does not have the ability to self-regulate the way an adult should. So a 12-year-old or a 10-year-old who's scrolling on social media is just going to become an addict, just like serving, uh, you know, uh, samples of crack right outside the elementary school, right? DMX got addicted to drugs when he was 14. He died, you know, before he was 50. So, so basically what I'm saying to you, is that this isn't going to change. This is something, let me take my wife's picture off the screen because I, I don't want to be distracted. Um, this is not going to change. This is not going to change. So you're going to have to be the one to regulate your social media engagement and the engagement of others uh, in your family. Now, Damani's asking a question. He, he says, 30 years, boys? Uh, oh, you're talking about when I said that black people are going to catch up with everybody else uh, on economic intelligence within 30 years? Yes, Damani, there is a book I wrote that's on Amazon called um, uh, called It Takes a Village to Raise the Bar, A New Paradigm for Black America. And Damani, in this book, I laid out a uh, what I call Project 2070. Uh, and that says that by the year 2070, so it's not 30 years, I, it's really more like 47 years in the book, but really 30 years, you'll, you'll really see the difference. Uh, I believe that by making economics part of our culture, Black people won't just catch up with Jewish people. We will pass up Jewish people economically. I don't believe that we're going to just catch up with the Asian community. I think we're going to exceed the Asian community. I believe that B1 people, not all black people, some black people don't want to listen. Some black people, you know, are stuck on, you know, wherever, whatever they're stuck on. 
right? Some black folks are uh, are locked in the matrix, but I can tell you, B1 people, and I know y'all, I see y'all when we go do the conventions, I see you at the Black Wealth Summits, I see you, uh, you, you guys, a lot of you have read my book, The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. Uh, my goal is to uh, basically take my PhD and spread it throughout the entire black community. I want the entire black community, everybody that's listening, to know a big chunk of what I know, because the superpower of having a doctorate in finance is that it takes you far beyond where you could get if you're a stockbroker or far beyond where you can get if you're a financial advisor. I used to teach financial advisors. I taught stockbrokers. I taught MBAs and PhDs. So when you understand it at that level, you understand economics from about a hundred different angles that allow you to literally get ahead of the competition. So I see race and economics as inextricably linked. Why do I see it that way? Because money is the number one variable that's used to control black people. Most of y'all don't speak up on your job because you're afraid of losing the job. Why are you afraid of losing the job? Well, because nobody taught you about financial security. Why don't you have financial security? Well, because nobody left you an inheritance. If somebody had left you an inheritance, then you would have enough financial security where you will be able to tell your boss to kiss your whole entire black ass. But you can't do it. Why? Well, because you're economically vulnerable. In America, people who are economically vulnerable have to sell themselves into slavery, especially when you've been saddled with this idea of, of getting a ton of student loans and uh, and then also spending light, light, like, light, like there's no tomorrow and uh, also believing that uh, that working for other people is the best way for you to get money. So that's one of the things that we're doing is we're fighting culture. We are in a cultural war and we are winning that war. B1 people are getting it done. I talk to you guys all around the world and I can tell you that what I'm seeing is extraordinary. I see something so beautiful that you can't even imagine. So is the whole black community going to get there? No, but there's going to be a pocket of the black community just almost like how the Jewish community, you got the, the liberal Jews, conservative Jews, Orthodox Jews, et cetera. Well, we have a segment of the black community, the B1 community, where their financial intelligence level will exceed everyone else. Most communities are not educating their six-year-olds on how to invest in the stock market. They wait till they get in college. So that's why that's why I said 30 years. But really, it's already happening now. You already see it now. So anyway, there you go. I'm done talking now. So thank you for asking that question. I'm glad I was happy to answer it. Do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, share, uh, subscribe. You're watching DrBoysTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. Uh, and also that book is called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. It's on Amazon. It's a bestseller. Feel free to go take a look and uh, get some copies for your family. So let's get back to this social media thing. I'm going to finish up some of this. Um, I did some research on uh, this social media issue as well as some remedies. Um, let me tell you how uh, I look at social media. I like social media a lot. I, I think it's a great tool. A lot of you, um, how many of you are old enough to remember what the world was like before the internet? Uh, how many of y'all remember are old enough, you know, give away your age real quick. How many of y'all are like over the age of say 40, 45, when you remember uh, what life was like when they used to talk about this magical thing called the internet, where one day you'd be able to order a pizza on your cell phone and all this other crazy stuff, or talk to people and look at their face, kind of like the Jetsons and all that. Like, I, I remember hearing about that and it sounded crazy at the time, but it was really nice to see it actually happen. Why? Well, because it allowed certain things to happen that couldn't happen before. Like, for example, in in the old world, you never would have heard of me. You know, you never would have heard of me because white people don't put black men like me on TV. I'm not stupid. I'm not a rapper. I'm not a basketball player. I'm not a comedian. 
Right. So so basically, uh, black scholars are kind of hidden away. So I had to build my own platform in order to do that. Well, how did I do it? Well, I invested millions of dollars over the years. Like I got made millions of dollars, but I invested a big chunk of it right back into the black community, uh, literally by building my platform. People think I just got lucky. And somebody I think I saw a theory, a, a conspiracy theory. Dr. Boyce is really being financed by the Jews. I'm like, who are these rich Jews giving me all this money? Because I need to find them because I, I got more things to do. So so please, let's let's find those people and let's get that brand. But anyway, I'm kidding. In all seriousness, though, um, uh, I saw technology back in 2006 as an opportunity for me uh, to really expand beyond the walls of the job I had at Syracuse University. When I was teaching at Syracuse, I used to teach 30, 40 students uh, in each class. And I said, this is not the best way for me to impact the black community. You know, there, um, you know, I said there are so many people who can benefit from the things I'm teaching every single day, but most people can't afford $76,000 a year or whatever it was to go to Syracuse. So what I did was I reached out on social media and found that Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, all that was a great way to reach my people. And uh, and I only wanted to talk to my people. I didn't want to talk to all the people. I just want to talk to my people. And uh, and so that's what we've been doing. And so social media has been really beneficial. If you follow me on Instagram, where my Instagram is the real boys Watkins, you'll see I'm on there every single day. I'm on there so much that people think that all I do is sit on social media and post every day. And that's not true. I just haven't really, I'm really, I'm really into time management, like at a microscopic level. So, um, and I mastered that at the age of 19, which was really the key to my success. I see time very differently from other people. I encourage you to consider doing that if you want to be successful at something. And, uh, and I just get a lot done, right? So, so social media is beautiful. If you use social media to achieve an objective, that's my point. It's beautiful if you're running a business. It's beautiful if you have a message. It's beautiful if you just want to keep up with your cousins and see, you know, see the new baby and whatever. You got a lot of friends or relatives that you would never want to talk to on the phone on a regular basis. You wouldn't want to go actually see them, but you can like scroll past their post and hit the like button. That doesn't take much time and it allows you to keep up with their lives, right? So I so give me a yes if you agree that social media can be a beneficial thing to have in your life. I think social media is cool. Here's the problem. Social media is designed to stoke your emotion. And, and there, there are very few groups of people that are more emotional than black people. We are just so easily triggered. I guarantee you, next year is an election year. Watch how many stupid little tricks they use to get black people triggered during the election year. I guarantee you there's going to be some police shooting that they put all of they splatter all over media to convince you that the only way your black son can die is at the hands of a cop. Right. Which I don't agree with that. I'm not saying cops are wonderful. I'm just saying that every black man I know has been killed, got killed by another brother in the hood over some hood shit. I mean, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I'm telling you, like politically, they manipulate you. They use social media to manipulate your emotions, get you all riled up and mad. Uh, they show you a video of somebody, some black person being killed. They love black trauma porn. They love trauma porn. Anybody seen that um, that new? Uh, how many of y'all saw where they're putting out the color purple uh, again? Anybody? <laughs> so, they're, so they're remaking the color purple right now. Any, anybody caught up? Kept up with that? Yeah. So so they're gonna they're gonna remake the color purple. And uh, and and let me just tell you. I, I don't know about y'all. I, I don't know if I sound bad. I hope I can say this and still be loved. But I'm not going nowhere near that shit. I, I'm not watching. I am not interested. I saw it in the 80s. Um, I don't need to see it now. I just don't. I don't need to see um, more stories about how black women are being tortured by black men and how, you know, or how black people just are in a constant living hell 
and, and all we can do is survive. We can't actually prosper or thrive. We, we just, all we can do is survive. Um, that black people you know, are supposed to always be in each other's throats. Uh, I just don't like that. I, I don't know about y'all, but I, I'm not going to watch the color purple. And I, I really think it's really fascinating that in Hollywood, they love to tell black stories that are depressing as shit. They just love to do that. They love to remind you like, oh, you just black. You just a Negro. You can't actually accomplish nothing. You can't get nowhere in life. You barely surviving. You barely breathing. Well, let me tell you a little secret. If you are operating on that low vibrational frequency, then you can't really rise. You know, if you're if you're if all you're doing is playing struggle nomics, how in the hell are you going to play power nomics? You can't play power nomics if you're always playing struggle nomics. The person who's barely trying to keep from drowning is never going to be a great swimmer. The person who is trying to keep from drowning is never going to be an Olympic swimmer ever. So what I'm saying to you is that um, this trauma, they, they love to do that on social media, too. They love they have big platforms. All they do is remind black people how oppressed you are and how terrible life is and how you're, you're lucky to be alive. And when they get you in that broken down space, they break you down to almost nothing where your self-esteem is gone. Your confidence is gone. You're scared of your own damn shadow. Oh, Lord Jesus, the, the Republicans is going to come get us. Well, then they say, oh, well, we have a solution here. Um, just vote for this guy. That's what they do. They say, oh, you poor black people here. Oh, you, I know you're scared, but and I know you're, you're afraid of dying. But here, just get this jab. This jab will fix everything. The, the, get the dab. The dab will fix it. The dab will fix it all because black lives matter. That's what they do. They because people who are scared and easily traumatized are easily manipulated. They'll do whatever you tell them to do because they they just scared. They don't they just don't want nothing bad to happen to them. So um I don't get into that. I don't pay attention to that. I don't watch the trauma porn videos at all. I don't watch the shootings and the stabbings and the killings and all that. I don't want to see that. You know, um I I will share stories about black people doing amazing things or things, maybe some things that'll make you laugh. I think it's okay to laugh. I like to laugh. Um, things that I want you to be happy. I want you to feel powerful. I don't want you to feel afraid all the time. You know, so basically social media doesn't just affect kids, it also affects adults. Now, the last point I'm gonna get to uh before we finish up for today is uh, I'm gonna talk about how it affects you financially. So before I do that. Do me a favor, please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. You're watching drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. If anybody ever wants to market on this platform, you can go to drboystfinance.com and uh, Michael will take good care of you. Just tell her that I sent you and uh, you can actually advertise on this platform if you have a black owned business and all that good stuff. Okay, so uh, the, the one thing that this uh, does affect is the way you spend money. So here's how it affects you, you uh, financially. Well, even before social media, there was something in economics where they knew from various studies that people tend to spend to sort of compete with other people. They called it keeping up with the Joneses. You know, they, that's been around for a long time. We've always known. We know what that was even before <clears throat> even before um, social media came along. Well, basically, social media is dangerous because it's like keeping up with the Joneses on steroids. Okay. It's literally where uh, you're literally scrolling and you see your friend sitting in front of a new Mercedes with a bow on it and they'll put a hashtag blessed. So they'll do like those humble brags. Or, and then you'll see your other friend who's on vacation in Tahiti, living their best life, taking video of their toes while they're on the beach. And it makes you feel bad. It makes you feel bad. And, and, and then even beyond the economics, 
you see, you know, poor, poor women, you know, women, young women, especially are watching uh, these other women and their bodies and, and having all these body image issues. Or you see somebody else's relationship and it looks like they have the perfect relationship. And that's that's not the case. So you see, you know, some of the boys will see Andrew Tate driving a Bugatti and they'll feel like they need to have a Bugatti. Or there was actually a 28 year old kid who said, if you don't have a Lambo by the age of 30, you're a loser or something stupid like that, which really pissed me off because I didn't I, I couldn't afford a Lambo till I was 40. Right? And, and, and even then, I wouldn't I, I don't want to buy a Lambo because that's a bad waste of money. However, you know, some things take time. Right. And so setting realistic expectations for your kids is really important and helping them understand that social media is watching social media is just like going to the movies. Everything you see on screen is fake. You know, Tom Cruise really isn't, you know, the, the, the guy he pretends to be in Mission Impossible. Denzel Washington really isn't the guy that he plays in the equalizer where he can kill people in 15 seconds. That that's not real. So social media is the same thing. Your friends who pretend to have perfect relationships, they, this shit ain't perfect. Come on now. Relationships. I don't care how beautiful it looks on the outside. Relationships are hard freaking work, hard work. In fact, don't even do it. If you ain't ready to do the work, I'm telling you there's benefits, but if you ain't ready to do the work, and the person you you marry ain't ready to do the work, then please don't do it because you're going to waste everybody's time. They're going to waste time going to your wedding, and then you're going to get divorced a year later, and then it'll be like you wish you never had never done it. Um, the people who pretend to have all this money, uh, I'm going to just tell you like this. People who tend to be flashy with money usually don't have any money. They, they're, they're trying to portray some sort of external image or there's some insecurity that's driving their desire to brag in front of other people. People who are flashy with money, I have zero respect for that. So ultimately... Don't let that stuff get you caught up. Um, what I do with social media is this. I turn off every single notification on my phone except for the ones that add value to my life. Let me say it again. I turn off every single notification on my phone except for the ones that are adding value to my life. I don't take phone calls. Everybody calls me. Boys, every time I call you, man, your ringer's off. Yep, that's because I'm focused. I got a goal. I got I got things I got to get done. That's how I get everything done. In case you're ever wondering why it seems like I have so much stuff that I'm I'm so productive and I get like I don't sleep. No, I sleep a lot. I take two naps a day, but I spend my time on the things that matter. I do not. I'm not going to spend time on the phone talking to yet another person that's going to be asking me for money or asking me for favors or whatever. So I turn my ringer off when I'm down to get, getting down to business. I got a goal. My mission is to make B1 people the most economically intelligent people on the planet. I ain't got time to be wasting talking about no BS on the phone with you or drama or, or gossip. Uh, number two, uh, I, I don't check email very often. I check email about once a week. Um, number, so if you ever email me, just so, I, no offense. I just had, I got stuff I got to do. Number three, um, I don't take any notifications for sure from social media. Uh, I turn it off, uh, except for when I want to hop in there and do something. And, and I, I, I put it in a box. So I'll give myself 20 minutes to go through Instagram. And when the 20 minute mark hits, I'm out, I'm gone. And some of you will even notice if you follow me on Instagram, my Instagram is the real boys walking. You'll notice I'll pop in there and I'll make comments and respond to a couple people. And then I'm out, I'm gone. I go, I I'm over here. Right. So, uh, basically social media, the goal is you got to control your social media. Don't let your social media control you. Uh, they want you to have all the notifications. They want your phone to beep and buzz at every turn. They, they want everything. They want to constantly disrupt your flow. Remember, when you're accomplishing goals, when you're working on something, you got to get into a flow. When you get into a flow, 
it's hard to stay in the flow if you got your phone rings and then it beeps and then it buzzes because they've trained you. Uh, has anybody ever heard of Pavlov's dog? Has anybody ever heard of Pavlov's dog? Uh, that that experiment. If you don't know about Pavlov's dog, you should know about Pavlov's dog. Uh, Pavlov's dog was a dog that was trained to salivate every time he heard a bell. Uh, because what they did was they associated that dinging of the bell with food. At first, they they would ring the bell and feed him. And so he would eat. And then he got used to uh, believing that every time he heard that bell, there would be food coming. So what they did was eventually they realized that the dog started salivating every time he heard the bell because he's like, ooh, the food's about to come. The food's about to come. So social media is designed to train you just like Pablo's dog. They get you to the point where every time you feel a buzz or a beep or a ding, a notification, you're like, ooh, that's another message. Ooh, that's another post. Ooh, somebody said something. Ooh, they responded to me. Ooh, somebody else hit the like button. Don't do that. You, because you're, you're turning yourself into a fiend, you're literally turning into some into a dope fiend, and uh, and so so ultimately, and, and in fact, a lot of us already have Pavlovian reactions to other things. Like, for example, if you know that every time that girl calls you, you're gonna have a wonderful night, if you know what I mean. Well, then you start to get excited when that person reaches out to you, or if you know that that man, you you love being around that man. Every time that man texts you, you see his name on your phone or whatever, you get it. You you start feeling a certain way. Well, that's a Pavlovian reaction. Okay, so um, so what I don't want uh you to do is turn into Pookie the crackhead, uh, because ultimately, when you look at when you live in a world where you got uh dope dealers and you got pushers. Uh, the uh, pushers and addicts, the pusher never has more power than the addict. The pusher never has more power than the addict. So when you turn into Pookie the crackhead and you fiending for your social media or whatever, uh, you are under the control of the drug dealers. And so I don't mind uh, messing around with social media. I like it. I think it's a lot of fun. But uh, sometimes those little social media detoxes or even when you go to Facebook jail, that can really help you clear your head and really figure out who you are and what you want as opposed to being a cash cow for Mark Zuckerberg. So just be really thoughtful about it. Talk to your kids about it. Be really careful. It does have a real effect. All right, guys. Well, I'm out of here. I hope you uh, got something from the conversation. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you guys hanging out. Uh, don't forget that the podcast is on Spotify. If you look up my name on Spotify or look up the Dr. Boyce Breakdown, you will find it. And also, uh, here's something that uh, you, you may or may not know about. If you go to the drboycemethod.com, I did a deep dive training on an 11-step method that I patented on how I go about picking my stocks. So uh, feel free uh, to go to the drboycemethod.com, or you can also check out boycewalkins.com uh, to find some more resources. So have a good day, everybody. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you soon. Take care now. Peace.